Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And I remembered to say it that time. (laughs) Um, And we are back with another author interview, this time with a favorite of ours. Well, everyone's a favorite, but a favorite author to interview, the one and only Denise Williams. I have been so excited to sit down with Denise again because I feel like we've really gone through so much with her together collectively on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like we, like I, How to Fail Flirting feels like both a lifetime ago and just the other day. And the fact that we've now, we're now on our third book with Denise and having interviewed her for all three of her releases is just, it's an honor. It's just, It is such an honor, and she's so lovely, and I don't even know if I've said this in the interview, but I say this all the time when I'm recommending her books. There is something about every single book that she has ever written, the way that she writes her characters, and the way that she, like, you know, just, like, builds their stories that you will always find a connection there in some way to some character. She just writes such believable and beautiful characters, and do you take this man which is her newest release, is so exemplary of that. I mean, she's just, oh, I loved, I love it. We loved RJ and Lear's story, and we obviously delve into that in the interview. And I'm just so, I'm so excited. It's so, I feel like Denise is our podcast author baby. Because it was our first year of interviews. It was her debut year. And like here we are in our going into our third year of recording and releasing semi-regular content into your headphones. And um, she's created a novella anthology and three novels and has more coming. So, Oh my god, when she dropped that Christmas... Novella, mm. cinema, and I think this made it into the interview. So Denise holds back some of the spice that she is capable of writing, and she mm. has some little, little, little extras that she has written along the way. And I just cannot wait to see more of that from Denise. Oh yeah, she she has an indie side to her. <laughs> so here is our interview with the lovely Denise Williams. Welcome back to Read It or List It. We are so excited. This is our third time being able to welcome this guest who is one of our favorite authors and people to chat with. But we have Denise Williams with us here today. Hi, Denise. How are you? So excited to be with you all. I am (laughs) half dead from my kids cold, but there was no way I was missing this interview. So I'm on cough syrup, so this will be off the hinge. <laughs> oh, perfect. Now we can really take advantage of all the questions we've been burning to ask. Over yes. Three, we've got three books, some novellas, a whole bunch of stuff to cover uh, at this point. I'm so excited. I was saying before we started recording that this feels like our annual December interview at this point, and it's wild to think about what has changed since um, How to Fail (laughs) at Flirting flirting. released into the world. I mean, globally and on the the micro level for you as an author. And Do You Take This Man came out this past September. And what has the response been like? 
Uh, I think it's been good. It always warms my heart uh, when people love the heroine RJ, who is, I think, a self-appointed, unlikable heroine. Um, and so I love when people share with me like how they see themselves in her. And I was do uh, I was talking to a book club uh, a couple months ago, and there's an old show from the '90s, if you know it, called um, Living Single mm-hmm. it's with Queen Latifah. And there's a character on there who's Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. And somebody said, you know, RJ is Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. And for anybody who doesn't know that reference, just go Google it. And that is this heroine. And I had never pieced that together before. And it was just like the rain of fate, like falling down on me. It was kind of perfect to see that um, throwback, Uh, but to see that kind of strong character. And so that's been really fun. Is that the show where... Because I think there's been like a meme floating around lately where they're like, what would happen if men doesn't, what would it be like if men didn't exist? And Queen Latifah says, we'd be fat and happy or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) It was pretty classic. Like it was, it was friends before friends was friends. Great like side love stories. Yeah. Maxine Shaw, attorney law. So it's basically RJ on TV (laughs) in the nineties. Yeah. Well, I I remember that. Um, I started reading it before Ashley did. And so I got all of her like play by play thoughts. I was like (laughs) mad at her because see, the thing is I get distracted so easily. And so I was like waiting, waiting, waiting for it to come out. And then like some, like when September happened, I just was like in the middle of a bunch of different things and whatever. And Phoebe normally, like when I get distracted, she'll like push, she'll be like, Ashley, Ashley. (laughs) And it took her a little bit long, longer this time to be like, Ashley, why haven't you picked it up? And then finally, when I picked it up, I was like, Phoebe, I am so mad at you for not literally yelling in my ear every minute of every day until I read this. She's like, I knew you would love it. Well, I think because it was a it was a different time of year for you to release a book because I feel like we've gotten them more in like true fall as opposed to like end of summer Summer. like the like like that the that Tuesday after Labor Day is like such a big publication date though yes it was Um, (laughs) so I know so many books come out um and so she was like I she's a lawyer I forgot about this and I was like she literally told us this I know I know and I was like and it's in North Carolina like I literally am like looking around my neighborhood I'm like where's Lear like Yes. Um, oh my Epic gosh, names. So also, yeah, Lear, I, Lear Campbell has got to be like probably the hottest hero's name that I've heard in a while. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't know where Lear came from. Like both of their names, RJ was in the previous book, but mm-hmm. both of their names kind of just fell out of the sky. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And I didn't know they were nicknames, but Lear, I just absolutely love for a hero's name now. Yes, it's so epic. And as a Shakespearean actor, I was like, mm-hmm, yes. And he's a theater kid. That was also- Yes! Oh, which- For me. It was like how each one of your books has like such a different tone to it. Or like, it's like, I get, get whatever I want, I can get from any of the books. Like each one of them follows a different type of- like relationship and just gives me like a different vibe but like it's still like quintessential like you like I know it's your writing Mm -hmm. they all feel so like what I want to be like 
when I want to feel like giggly and like just like happy, like grinning ear to ear, I will pick up how to feel flirting. Like when I want to feel empowered and like beautiful and like I can do anything, I would pick up the best way to fall. And like, do you take this man is like, is like me on my everyday life on my, <laughs> like when I am getting torn down at work, I will just channel RJ and I will give it right back. So just. Oh, I love that. So Thank you. Yeah. I you think, know, I think, um, I think I just get kind of bored when I'm writing if my characters feel too much alike. So mm. they're always pretty different. And my next sets of characters are fairly, um, fairly different too, uh, in the next novels coming up, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but yeah. Oh, so exciting. So we know that um, the fastest way to fall that started as a NaNoWriMo project and yes. then um, how to feel it flirting came after that, which was, but was released first. So what was the process like for writing? Do you take this man? Cause this was, was this a book that you were already under contract to do? Um, trying to think. Yes and no. Um, so how to fill up flirting, I just started writing not knowing what I was doing. And then I wrote The Fastest Way to Falls in Nano. This one, um, Do You Take This Man was my pandemic book. So this is the one mm. I wrote in 2020. And I think I had started the idea, I came up with the idea um right after we sold How to Fail at Flirting, actually. And if I've told this story before, just interrupt me. Um, but I actually know the date and time and like location of where this book came to be because it was on my birthday. I was in New York for Romance Writers of America. It was the first time I met with my agent and my editor in person, the only time I've met with them in person. And we were going out for lunch. And as we were walking in, I mentioned to my um my agent that I was performing a wedding later in the summer that I could officiate weddings. And she said, oh, that would be a good idea for a rom-com. And I went, what? <laughs> yes. And then I went back to the hotel and like wrote the first chapter um, of that book. So then it kind of sat there for a while. But yeah, this one, I wrote most of it while I was sitting on my couch in between Zoom meetings with Paw Patrol going on in the background, <laughs> my child slightly off to the left. Um, and this one was odd for me. I wrote all the sex scenes first. Um, and then after those, I wrote like the big declaration scenes because I love to write those. So I really like wrote it backwards of everything I love to write down to the things I, I don't like to write, like conflict, um, <laughs> like non-sexy conflict. And usually I write very linearly. I want to start at the beginning of the story and then tell it to myself. Uh, and this was just kind of, I think the book and especially the heroine more so than the hero that I needed during that time and so that's kind of how I always equate this book like I edited it and all of those other things you know through other portions but the bulk of it I really wrote and drafted in that that corner of my couch where there's a permanent 2020 shaped indent um, <laughs> while I was you know with my son all day that's I, I love that 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 makes it that makes it just feel even more special how RJ is like that comes through the page how she can be that person. I I love that that is the inception of of the story, and I love that you wrote all the sex scenes ahead of time because they were the they were my favorite. I mean, obviously, that's I do think I DM'd you where I was like, "This is your best work." <laughs> <laughs> I um, true story. I probably have hundreds of thousands of words of just like steamy erotic short stories and novellas and like extended scenes and just like standalone Denise. scenes because that's just kind of my free time like 
I'm like, I need, you know, I'm between projects. I want to work my creativity. I go write something pretty explicit. Like I'm writing something now that is um, one of the brides in this is, is jilted, is left at the altar. Mm-hmm. And so I'm writing her story, which is kind of pretty woman-ish without the sex worker. And she goes on her honeymoon alone. And like, that's just fun for me. Like I love writing those scenes and just seeing like what you can have people do and what lines can you push and even if nobody ever reads it. Like, I think those are a lot of fun to write. Denise, I, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you to release them out into the world. Give them to me. Just me. I don't care. You don't have to give them to anybody else. Just me. I want them all. Ashley has read and Phoebe, I will share it with you. I wrote a bonus threesome for RJ and Lear. She was just telling me about it. It's, it's pretty explicit. I think I was at a writing retreat this weekend with the, the smut you folks in, in Minnesota. They invited me to join them for their writing retreat. And so I read them some of it, or maybe all of it. I don't remember, but I, I kind of forgotten how explicit that was until someone asked me to read it out loud. <laughs> it was so good. And I, oh my gosh, I remember. So you DM me and you were like, do you want to read the bonus? I don't know where I was, but like, I was not in a place where I should have been reading it. And I, <laughs> there was, there was nothing in me in that moment. I may have been like at work and I was like, uh, there's nothing in my moment in, in me that I can like take away from going and reading this absolutely immediately. Like I couldn't even wait a second and it was so good. And I just, it made me appreciate Lear even more. Ah! I feel um, so in this bonus scene, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, two men and RJ and the swords definitely cross uh, in a few different ways. So um, you learn that Lear is is bisexual in this. Um, maybe Which, you not. know, I, I could, like, that was canon in my mind anyways, because I just, all of my favorite heroes, I don't intentionally seek this out, but it always ends up being that all of my favorite heroes in any book I've ever read are all sexually fluid in some way. Either they're like out as bisexual or they just are unlabeled or they just like lose those, um, that like such tired rhetoric of like what it means to be masculine and what Mm -hmm. it means to be sexy. And like, I love when like male characters are just authentically who they are. And like I felt that about Lear. And then you gave me that bonus scene and I was like, this is, this is great. This is everything <laughs> I want. Uh, the, the term that um, Kelly from Boobies and Newbies taught me was synodom. And I felt like that came through in the, um, I'm that kind of came I, through in the bonus. And my next hero, I think falls into that as well. I synodom. wish- Everyone listening could see the way that mine and <laughs> Ashley's jaws just dropped. What a genius. This is why genius. I love romance. This is why I love the romance community because like we need no explanation. We know exactly who that human being is. Yeah, yeah, like, you know. That's it. That Meet on the streets and. I always call them, I've always called them my suit daddies. Um but synodom is real good. But not every synodom may be a suit daddy. That's true. So that is that is very true. You're yeah, right. Yeah, like there's an a very intricate Venn diagram of sexy heroes who topple toxic masculinity. Like there's a there's a oh math problem to be done there. Yeah. Oh, we love oh. that. For those problems oh like from elementary school where it was like Yeah. Yeah. No, likes to spank, but <laughs> John is 
a single dad, but not, <laughs> you know, like one of those problems. I think we need to do romance math. So at the rom-con, we will, I think this needs to be an event. I think this I needs think to be a whole class. I, I think we need to want to be involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> Logic like a master problems. class. <laughs> Mel, if you're listening, we will do a panel on, <laughs> on romance mathematics. Oh, so fun. So obviously something I've just like loved being able to like follow with your career is just how number one, you have a very demanding full-time job and you balance all of these amazing writing opportunities, which I think is just so, it's so inspiring. Um, And also because your books released during the pandemic, you now get to meet with readers which is so cool. (laughs) What has been one of like your favorite like interactions with someone? Oh my gosh. There's been so many. Um, when also, cause you live, you're in Iowa, correct? I'm in Iowa. There have been so many. Um, I think honestly, one of my very favorites was before this book came out, it was this summer. Um, and I was at dog-eared books, which is uh, one of my amazing local bookstores. I was doing a signing for them and a, a woman came up and we were talking and she asked what the fastest way to fall was about. And I just kind of generally say, you know, it was around body positivity and gave the, the high points of the plot. Um, and, and the woman said, uh, I'll never forget. She's like, oh, I really need this. I really don't like my body at all. And me and, and her daughter was standing right there, both went, oh no. And then like, we had this whole conversation about mm-hmm. like, you know, how we feel about our bodies and how that's framed and how it's shaped around culture and society. And it really wasn't even about the book at that point. It was just kind of this conversation with these people I didn't know. Um, but it was so, I don't know, it was so amazing. I felt like I was in this, you know, relationship and this important moment between kind of this mother and daughter. Um, and so that was, that was really cool. Um, and then the launch party for, um, I had kind of two launch parties for, um, do you take this man to two different local bookstores here? Uh, but the first one we played bang, Mary kill. We had a wedding cake that we cut. They did, um, these amazing games and the, the whole bookstore was packed and it was, I don't know, it was just kind of amazing. Cause I haven't been able to have that before. Um, even with, do you take this man? We did a signing, but it was masked and it was distanced and it was, you know, it wasn't a party and this was totally a party. They did, um, uh, champagne slushies in honor of the gas station wedding and we gave away mugs with one of my logos that said if you can't stand me you're welcome to sit and um oh yeah, my so gosh it felt like a party and a celebration which I haven't got to do before um, but there have been so many moments with readers and in bookstores um, I got to go to the LA Times Book Festival earlier um, in the spring and so like getting to kind of be in that environment with other writers all of it has just really been like it just tickles me. It's so much fun. So what? Um, you've got three now. Now I'm I'm intrigued. Did you have to answer like, bang, Mary kill? Uh, did you have to do it with your own heroes or your own heroines? Or well, it kind of became the unofficial game of this book. Honestly, I did like three different IG lives where we played it, and um, Sarah Smith and I did uh, one on IG live, and so we started with characters. And when we had guests on, we'd invite them to do it with their own characters or with other characters. But honestly, what worked the best is we did tropes. Oh. Um, Tropes or like uh, archetypes. So, you know, the only one I didn't think through is we did it on IG Live and it was like enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, secret baby. 
And then everybody in the chat is like, kill that secret baby, kill that secret man. I'm like, oh, IG live, Instagram's gonna cut us off. Um, so I didn't really 100% think that. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like, I always think that that game is so fun until I actually have to kill something or someone like I could not like, like, if I were to do your three heroes, as I look at those books in the background, like, I know for sure who I would be having a fun time with. And I know for sure who I'd bury, but I don't want to kill the other one. So maybe you could have like, bang, marry kiss bestie. I would oh bestie yes I would do that instead That's of easy. killing them or like bang marry make love to <laughs> <laughs> um, I could do that dirty and one of them you can have it slow with feeling no you know what that is perfect okay so that would be that's like the easiest decision ever I would obviously um bang Lear 100% I would marry Jake <laughs> and I would make sweet sweet passionate love to Wes <laughs> There we go. My Easy. answer is probably no different. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you're you're with me on that. I think same. Although a few of my heroes coming up might take the bang spot. Really? So this is my favorite part about playing this game with authors because before Book Lovers came out from Emily Henry, I asked her this question and she was like, you haven't met the one yet who I would want to take the top spot. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then when I read the book, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, so is this is is this someone we're meeting soon? Well, okay, so I have three books out in 2023, and one is the compilation of novellas. So they're yeah, they're all very bangable in different ways, but I'll put them out because we'll just stick to the novels. Um, and then I have a hero who's gonna be in a short story compilation um that's coming out from Harlequin called Even If the Sky Is Falling. And he is also very much a synodom and very, that whole story is just a lot of sex. Um, so he Excellent. would be very bangable. And he also was a nerd in college and like wanted to be cool to impress this girl who he never impressed. And now they're, you know, together. Relatable. Again. My favorite, my favorite type of man. If he cries <laughs> yeah. a little too, then that's really the, the holy trinity. The moment that I love, and I don't know if it will warm anybody else's heart, but I wrote it in there anyway, because I loved it. Um, he sees her at a dance and it's back in the whatever 2010s and she is dancing to um yeah by usher with friends and he wants to join her but he doesn't know how to dance so he goes up to his room and he watches it on repeat and he memorizes the dance and I... now it's you know 25 years later but he still knows the dance and so he admits this to her and then like performs it for her and does like the rock away and and everything and he's pretty good but like I just like love that idea of this nerdy man you know getting his moves together so anyway I love him I so love that my, like he he's only he's a sh only on the page for a short time but um what did I name him I think his name is Hale I think it's Hale um Denise how oh, you pick the hottest names <laughs> I think that one is Hale and Piper. I've written too many things lately. Um, but then Cord from The Fastest Way to Fall is the next novel hero. And he, I think, is has a lot of synodom energy. I can see that. I like, can see that. He's kind of dominant behind the scenes, but very tame on the front end. So I, I don't know. Like, Cord might take the spot for... <gasps> well, then we have so much to look forward to. I can't I wait. 
I need everyone to know I'm making like very audible responses, but I have to quickly mute myself because my dog is flipping out. I can't hear her. (laughs) Because I've been muting myself, but she's howling. There's construction men outside. (laughs) So she's, she wants to play the game too. Okay, you're you're married, so it's not a romance meet cute, but it could be a romance meet cute where somebody's dog is howling at the construction workers, and then you end up meeting the construction workers when the dog escapes. Yes, see, Denise- that's my favorite part about interviewing authors is like the way that you guys just like like have the ideas. You just are like, yeah, that could be like the greatest meet cute. That Put it is in a book. <laughs> ever since I started writing, and obviously I'm not published, but that is literally how my brain works every second of the day. Like I will be in Trader Joe's and I'm like, oh, there, oh, there we go. Okay. That's a, that's a book. And like, I'm like the ones have to stick, but it is that. I had an idea. For a My YG. husband is an architect. So like it could, we, we could find some, some common ground there. I did write about an architect already though. We, we, um, this house across the street for me had their, they were getting their bathroom remodeled. And so the same like crew of construction workers, or whatever, not construction workers, but like, you know, people working on inside the house. Um, they came every single day for like two, three weeks. And I just was like, you know what? This would be a really great premise for like a wide shoes novel. Like me, the like nosy neighbor, like staring at what they're doing in the same group of guys that come up to the house every day. That's what I, that's what got me to go to work. And then maybe day. the neighbors ask you to house sit while the construction's going on. And then maybe you're over there at night and they end up checking on a sink. Well, so I was thinking more like, you know, it would be like an enemies to lovers or hate to love type situation where like I complain to the, I don't, not me, sorry. The heroine <laughs> complains to the HOA about the noise that they're like making. Like they're too loud. They work at like odd hours. And so then like, she's like, you know, like complains to the HOA and they're like, you know, piss, so then they get like louder, and then she just like goes storming over there. You know, I'm here for it, and I think you can say it's you. I have I'm holding up the sticker, even though we're not filming. Um, this is from Dog Eared's books, uh, Romance Book Club, and it just says it's not cheating if they're fictional, <laughs> and it's my favorite sticker. I have a bookmark too. And I was like, that's oh, wow. love that. yeah. I, I mean, that. I always this is something that Ashley and I talk about a lot as we, you know we read so much romance and we immediately will read a book and then we'll say to the other, Oh, you'll, you'll really like it, but he's not your type. Um, and then like, we know which type of hero falls into like who we will like fall in love with. And it's always people who are exactly like our, our husbands. So (laughs) yeah, like there's there, I think like, yeah easier for me to fall in love with I'm more open with the heroes I fall in love with than the heroines I fall in love with and I don't know if that is just like Mm. embedded misogyny or what but I'm a lot more specific about what I love in my heroines Mm -hmm. uh, I think than my heroes what do you look for in your heroines it's more what I I like heroines who are capable Mm -hmm. so I think some folks love like heroines who are like damsel in distress (laughs) damsel in distress but also kind of like um trying to think of the right word for it like flighty is kind of diminutive but like they're very happy and peppy and i don't know what time it is like the the sunshine of the the sunshine sunshine and like sunshine on the far end of sunshine sunshine and glitter (laughs) excuse me (laughs) 
Um, so like, yeah, like bratty, bratty heroines or like those kinds of heroines I'm all for, but I get annoyed so quick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. you are a grown ass woman. I do think it's, um, it's, it's always so interesting within this genre and how we have adapted throughout time, but we like I will always question something where I'm like I just didn't really vibe with like this aspect and then you have to like look at yourself and like is this my internalized misogyny like is this the patriarchy at work like where is this coming from all of those things yeah but I think it opens up even more empowering conversation about this and I think it's a huge reason why from like an intellectual level I will scream about the the benefits of reading romance till the end of time or like when you say like oh I wish I could be like that character well why why can't you what are you what's stopping you like what is it about their fictional personality that you think you that wouldn't translate into real life like examine why that is what about your circumstances prevents you from acting that way and can you do anything to change that yeah and I used I used to think I hated groupie sunshine as a trope and it wasn't that. I think it was just that so I was reading so many. I won't even say that so many people were writing them. I was just reading so many of that trope where the sunshine person, that was their entire personality. They weren't mm-hmm. really a three-dimensional person. Their entire personality was like, um, was the sunshine. And mm-hmm, so there, yeah. I always, I never felt like there was much depth or much like balance to them. And so those are like the heroines I fall, I fall in love with or fall out of love with. Mm-hmm. In, if there's kind of that balance or depth or if they're kind of just skimming the surface right um, and I Which wonder I sometimes if that's age or just my personality too I love the um and this is like to what people said about like our own husbands I love a golden retriever and a black cat type <laughs> situation where it's like she is the one that is more reserved more you know serious sometimes because that is very much how I am like it takes me a lot to be comfortable and trusting of others and um meanwhile like my husband will just like he knows this is like a perfect example we um had like a party a commute like a neighborhood like party Uh and he was like actually like he showed me pictures of everyone in our neighborhood he like pulled them up on Facebook and he's like this is this person this is this and he knew their whole life story and he's like I need you to like know the people in our neighborhood that we live with and I'm like I have no interest in knowing these people and he's (laughs) like no like they're so great these ones have two dogs these just sent their kid off to college I'm like how do you know all this stuff and he's like I just talk to people like He's like the golden retriever. So I love that like dynamic too, where you get that strong heroine um, who maybe is a little bit more reserved. And then you've got this counterpart that helps bring out their softer side. Um, and I don't think any of that is negative. That's all, all positive. Yeah. I think Pearl and Cord will, will jive for you. I'm excited. Perfect. So exciting. And that, I mean, I think that's very true of RJ. So in this book, we get a heroine who is, I wouldn't necessarily say that she's grumpy, but she is, she's very sh- sure of herself and um, their, their situation and how they get together is so different from the other characters you've written so far that we've gotten to read. So, and I think that's why I loved it because like, Jake and I are so romantic and it's just like that like Ashley said it's that book that like sweeps you away and 
Wes and Britta are just like as like the sweetest relationship and RJ and Lear have some grit to them and I love that about them especially from just like from my my background like as an actor that's so much there's so much to play with there and I don't know I love them so much but I do want to know so of of the weddings you officiated were any any moments from those sprinkled into into RJ's officiating uh one most of them I I I just made up but um the scene and I'm trying to remember where it is in the book it's toward the end of the book I think it's actually when they they have a fight um and like everything kind of goes wrong at this wedding and that happened at one of my best friend's weddings not to that extent and it was it was much more funny um but at their wedding I remember something went wrong with the music or, or something so there was an issue when they're coming down the aisle and her dad tripped on her veil from her train or something my uncle and, tripped on my cousin's train and before that we had joked that I was the only one it was an outdoor wedding and I was the only one who was miked and so um to like break the tension I was joking like well, I could go into the bathroom and just like flush or something or like you know <laughs> we'll do something on the mic just to break the tension so as she comes up to me and the groom um and she's my best friend since childhood like I've known her since I, I was six um she says well that was a damn fucking disaster and um I just point to the microphone and so the one of the very first photos I think that somebody snapped is me going like this her going like this and her husband just cracking up and so my parents were there because our families actually her parents introduced my parents um so I asked my dad later I was like you guys heard that right he's like why were you laughing I was like didn't you hear what Michelle said he's like no like she dropped an f-bomb at her own wedding um and so I I put that in the book I don't remember if I told her about that or not so it's a it takes a darker turn in the book um but that was really funny and kind of a fun really like them way for that wedding to kick off my weddings have gone off pretty much without a hitch my worst fear every time I am mic'd for a show is that they will not turn it off when I go to the bathroom (laughs) I like, just took it off before I left. You know, I was on a panel with Jen DeLuca earlier this week. I just got her new book. I'm so excited about it. I know. I haven't started it yet. I have an arc and then I have my copy. But um, we were saying that we wanted to see a series uh, that took place at a theater because that was the rec that somebody asked for. But then I was saying I thought it would be great to have be like a big like Broadway show. But the series is all the love stories that happen between the tech people and craft services and the um, costumers and maybe in the pit. But like everybody off stage is like who is the series of supporting this show? Denise, and that like, might be like, might be in process of being written. Okay, perfect. Well, then we don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, under what's that? What's that? Below the deck, like like the theater, like yeah, oh, below yeah. deck, yeah, yeah, below deck, yeah. Oh well. Mm. It well, is. we also have the other anthology that we pitched as a joke that now we sort of want to write, which is all about magicians. Oh, cool. I think um, at the LA Times Books Festival, we were having um, coffee or something before our panel. And I joked that I could like, just give me a topic and I can generally come up with a meet cute. And so they gave me magicians and I came up with one. I was like, but what if it was a series called Where the Magic Happens? And everybody wrote stories about different kinds of magicians. I love it. I, all the all the things that can come out of that hat. I there has to be a Cirque du Soleil moment. 
Well, it was a joke. And then um, Jen, it was Jen DeLuca, I think again, or maybe Anita Sharma brought it up on the panel. And then when we left the panel, people had tweeted about it and we're like, maybe we should do this. And then we got a little bit drunk and talked a bunch of other authors into it um, over dinner that night. So maybe that'll come someday. <gasps> See, Can't this wait. is, this makes me so excited that like, Number one, I love the romance community of like of readers, but just like the romance community of authors and how all of these awesome events that are taking place and that you get to like meet these people who you only interact with online and like just inspire each other and these ideas that blossom out of jokes and audience questions that can then become reality. I mean, I know that Tessa Bailey's most recent indie published book was someone on TikTok was like, could you do this? And she was like, not a bad idea. Why not? And now it's a book. Like, <laughs> it's so exciting. Um, but speaking of other authors, who are you recommending right now? Who are you reading? What should we prioritize on our holiday break? I am coming off a big like year at work. So I'm just getting back into like for fun reading. Um, but Kennedy Ryan's, um, before I let go is like stealing everybody's hearts and taking over the universe. And Kennedy just always brings it on every level. So of course that I, I just finished reading, it. I am actually reading a Nana Malone series right now. It's romantic suspense. Um, and I found it because Shane East is one of my very favorite narrators and I'm part of the Shaniacs. And um, Susie, at the, who leads the group, was like, you need to listen to this, but it's book three. And I, I met him. Girl. I met him. Well, I say I met him. I stared at him from across the room because I would, could not go up to him um, in Vegas in October. He was there. And I was like, you are, your voice is beautiful, but I'm also now looking at you and you are also beautiful. Also that. So... Um, I got to pick my narrator. I've gotten to pick my I was just going to ask that. Books, and I wrote The Love Connection with his voice in mind, in my head. And so even in editing, I think I had Susie read through it. And I was like, okay, I want Shane to be the narrator for this. Can you read through it for voice? Because I know you know his voice very well. Was that just for the novellas because they were being released on audio first? Or do you always get the option to choose your narrators? I actually have gotten to choose all my narrators. Um, when they usually they just said they send you the person they're like this is who we want and I was like oh that would be great and for the first one I was like um is it possible to think about January Lavoie because I love this in her voice and they're like oh you know narrators and I was like I'm an audiobook person like I listen to a lot of audiobooks and so um Karen Jakonski has been the producer on all of my audiobooks and so now they reach out to me and see kind of who I'm thinking or like send me samples and I yeah. think in my contract, I have consultation rights, but I, yeah, I feel like I've been able to choose them or at least pick from the list of folks who were available. And I've had some I, amazing narrators. So yeah, I think Teddy Hamilton was a perfect Lear. Like his really voice was. was so, so good. And I had only li really listened to him in like other like small town type like romances. Oh, uh -huh. And so this was like, like, I feel like he had like a little bit more like swagger him here yeah a little bit more swagger to him in this in this role and it was perfect and this was the third one of, of mine that he's done um because he did the sweetest connection and then he was Lear's voice um not Lear uh Wes's voice too see I didn't I didn't listen to that on audio so now yeah. I need to like go back and like listen to some of them on audio because I did I wasn't 
for like so many years, I was hesitant to read fiction on audio, but then especially like romance. I don't know. I just was like, I don't know if I could do this on audio. Um, and I finally broke out of that mold in this past year. And now I like, I don't know if I will ever go back. Like I love both, but I appreciate so much when you've got these, like, now I know who my narrators are and I just Mm -hmm. like search them and see what books there are going to be in. And then I read those books. And I'm in the car an hour and a half every day. I commute back and forth. Oh my gosh. Um, and so like, I can do so much more reading if I'm yeah. books, but no, I think, I mean, like I said, all my narratives were amazing, but I think I really love Teddy Hamilton, Teddy, like we're on, like we're buddies. Um, <laughs> in our minds, you are. <laughs> he's really been a great fit for all three of the roles that he's done for me. Cause he was Silas in my third um, novella, which is best friends to lovers. And like that pining it comes through yeah. so well and then the sexy times just come through very well in that one um yeah. can you maybe maybe uh try to work um to get Zachary Weber once time please? I do love Zachary Weber um he's not been I've raised him a couple times I think he hasn't been available or they thought um Teddy Hamilton was a better fit but he might be a good fit for a chord Okay. we're we're trying to get a couple <laughs> audiobook narrators to come on because we've never interviewed an audiobook narrator oh, yeah so you know if you ever um, January Lavoy <laughs> is 100% amazing she did RJ's voice yes she was a fantastic and she's also a um she's a professor I think of theater uh, I love oh. that. I, think, I know that. Like, I, I, I think it's theater. Um, but she's and Emery. She's down in Atlanta, and she's okay. done um, Andy Christopher's book, romance books, and then she's done a bunch of mine. And um, she got married recently. I think she got married right after recording this. Oh, well, maybe we'll reach out to Perfect. her then. So she, I just, I adore her. She's she's phenomenal. But um, I saw an interview with Teddy Hamilton and Shane East together, and they were hilarious, like bouncing off each other. I love that. I love how you can experience the book in like different ways. Like you can read it in physical and like see those words and picture it in your head. But then you can also do the audiobook and the the way like a good narrator can just like make the emotions that are on the page come out even that even more. Um, and, and they did a fantastic job for, do they ever ask you questions? Like, do they ever like clarify anything with you besides like pronunciation? Like, like, but like, if like evoke, I I guess from like Like an actor's perspective, yeah. Like like, from an actor's perspective, like I would ask the director being like, what are you looking for in this moment? So like, would you ask the author, like how gravelly do you need me to be? (laughs) Um, usually they come back with a couple questions. Usually it has been more pronunciation. But I, I also think because of the way I write, I think kind of the mood is, is yeah. from context because mm-hmm. they've always, that's always been spot on. Mm-hmm, but yeah, yeah, they do usually come back with the question here or there or, you know, is this supposed to be, in what way maybe is this supposed to be funny or like the intonation or something along those lines. But mm-hmm. I don't know, the the pros I've worked with, I don't know, they've just, they kind of knock it out of the park without my without my input. Although I would love to be like, in the booth just yeah. like sitting there and watching which would probably be very obnoxious um but no I mean it's like your that. book babies like and it's just another way you know until the until they're made into like rom-com movies like this is how they come to life <laughs> exactly and and I don't reread my books I actually annotated the fastest way to fall for a giveaway winner 
And that was the first time I physically read one of my books after they were published, but I can listen to them and kind of separate myself. And there's a a really emotional scene um, between Lear and RJ in this book um, where he is kind of divulging um, his wound and like what happened to him. And um, January is narrating it and she is narrating him crying and I was driving down the interstate when I first listened to this like tears streaming down my face like oh. what's gonna happen and I'm like I wrote this I know what's gonna happen uh but like good narrators I think can just transport you in a different way and I know some authors can't listen to their books read but that's honestly the I listen to my own books all the time that's the only way I read them again I think that's awesome and I love seeing like that enthusiasm that you have for what you do and it just makes it like even more fun like you know we love you we tell you a million times a week but um you really are such a talented author but also just one of the best people so we are so absolutely thrilled for all of your success and we cannot wait for what else is to come from Denise Williams hearts um thank you so much for spending some time with us today I hope your cold gets better soon oh thank you I've got like the sexy phlegm thing going so Mm -hmm, yes I think I'm just gonna gonna work with it (laughs) (laughs) and I will send you the secret RJ and Lear threesome yes I'll maybe I would like it in print at some point you know just (laughs) with a nice little cover maybe maybe I'll just find all of these have formed and fully formed sexy ideas I have into some giveaway or something yeah and then only let me enter it um so actually will draw up her own contract for the exclusivity of it I will say some of it I went very far outside my own knowledge though and so I'm like is this even anatomically possible I don't know (laughs) oh well on that note (laughs) you get classy hope my mom's not listening (laughs) Hopefully our moms aren't listening. Um, Maybe we hope they are. <laughs> my mom definitely listens. Okay. For sure. My mom doesn't know what a podcast is. My parents read all my books, so. They Good. They okay. should. They should be very proud. <laughs> all um, right. So we will look out for the, the, your little novella collection comes out March of 2023, right? In print. Yeah. Yeah. So Love and Other Flight Delays comes out March 14th. And even if the sky is falling, I think it's going to be out May 30th. All right. And then um, the new book, which I don't think I've released the title yet, but it's technically yours. And I just saw the cover and it's so gorgeous. I'll be releasing that soon. Uh, But that'll be out, I think, September 19th. Oh my gosh. Right. Perfect. So much to look forward to. Do you take this man as available now? I think it would be such a cute little gift for anyone who gets engaged between <laughs> now and uh now and New, New Year's. Year. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Denise. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you once again to Denise for joining us. I mean, you can just tell how much fun we have interviewing her and we're so incredibly grateful for her time because she does have a child she is a professor at a university she's a very busy person and she always makes time for us and writes stories that make us incredibly happy do you take this man is out now and it really is my favorite i think of the oh i don't know i go back and forth all the time i'm like hmm like how, how to fail at flirting how- is my favorite just overall experience yeah. but yes. i loved lear and rj's 
dynamic. I love, I love prickly characters and I love prickly, Mm -hmm. um, especially prickly women. And I just really thought when I read it, it was a book that, you know, it hit at the right time for me. And I just absolutely loved my experience reading it. Right. And I obviously really loved and appreciated RJ as being a badass, strong female lawyer. Um, I am always looking for more books like that. So I have been waiting for this one for so long. And Lear really took me by surprise. Mm -hmm. I did not think that anyone could compete with my love for Jake Shaw. But oh my gosh, Lear Campbell is hot. (laughs) And just from his name to everything that the way that he like supports in that way where he is not overshadowing RJ or diminishing any of her decisions and her independence. I just, oh, so good. So make sure you pick it up, add it to your 2023 TBR and keep an eye out for what Denise is up to next. We will surely be letting you know. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.